You're listening to Japanese with Friends. Brought to you by Risu Press and Japan Switch. I'm your host, Colton Arabeski, and today we're here with John Lindemeyer from OneCoin English and Japan Switch in Tokyo. Sorry,、uh, John, I'm pronouncing your last name correct? Perfect. You got it. Awesome.、Um, I've heard rumors that John is a lucky man because he gets to practice and use Japanese every single day at home with his wife, not just out on the town、uh, working and living in Tokyo and Saitama.、Uh, today, we're going to talk about dating and relationships in a second language and what that's like living as a foreigner in Japan. John, thanks so much for your time today. Would you mind giving us a quick self intro? Sure. Well, thanks.、Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. It's, it's great to talk to you. It's great to discuss this topic. It's a really fascinating topic. So I'm happy to share any. Whatever limited wisdom I might have on the topic. But to get into my background,、uh, I've been in Japan, oh God, 12 years now.、Uh, first moved here when I was 21 as an exchange student, lived in a bunch of different places. I lived in Utsunomi and Tochigi. I've lived in Osaka.、Uh, I've lived in、uh, Tokoroza, the Tokorozawa, like Saitama border area.、Um, and now I, I've lived in Utenji near Shibuya. I live in Uh, Misato uh, city just outside of Tokyo now. So I've been all over the place. I've done, I've worked、uh, in everything from teaching preschool kids English to business English, working, working、uh, in all sorts of different English teaching、uh, backgrounds and stuff like that. So I'd say I have a pretty wide range of experiences、uh, in Japan. And、uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of a summary of my history of Japan. I'm originally from the US,、uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Yay,、uh, whoever might pick that up and know who the,、uh, where, where that is. But、uh, yeah, that's a background about me. Oh, that's awesome. So, actually, just really quick,、uh, that's quite the,、uh, the, the, like、the, the breadth of locations you've lived in, all the way from Osaka through to Tokyo, Saitama,、um, Tsunomiya. Like, what,、uh, what was bringing you around the country at that time? Well, each, each kind of had its own, it's kind of got its own trajectory, right? So I, was a, I did my exchange, I was an exchange student in Osaka. So that's what originally、oh. brought me to Japan.、Uh, when I came back to Japan, to, I landed a job、uh, as an English teacher.、Uh, the only place I could find a job because I was searching overseas was Utsunomiya. It just kind of everything fell into place. The person had backed out. They're like, we need somebody right away. Can you come right away? It's like, yeah, great.、Uh, sign me up. So, That's how I landed up in Utsunomiya.、Uh, and then I changed jobs. That brought me you know, down to the Tokyo area. And then I just kind of lived in a couple of different places around、uh, the Tokyo area. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. For those of you、uh, who aren't familiar, Utsunomiya,、uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it's, it's north of Tokyo. It's,、um, what, what are they famous for? I, I'm trying to recall. It was like tea in Utsunomiya? Gyoza. 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 Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I've traveled up there one time just for、uh, kind of a weekend getaway thing, and it was, just, it was a really nice area. Really, really pretty. It is. It is. Yeah, it's a, it's a quiet place.、There's, there is stuff to do in the city and stuff like that. And you know, if, you, if you are in the area, the gyoza, the local gyoza, is very good. It's much better than something you'll eat in like a local shop. So it is different. It is good. <laughs> Shots eat it if you have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome.、Um, Okay, well, so I've got to ask like, you know, obviously you're an exchange student.、Um, that's a, a pretty big commitment to make. Were you studying Japanese、uh, prior to being an exchange student in Japan? Yeah, I studied, I started in college. So, I mean, I've started learning, you know, when I was 18, freshman in college,、uh, started taking Japanese courses. And、uh, yeah, I, I loved it. I was always fascinated with languages. I took French in high school. But you know, I was always into video games and stuff like that. So I thought, well, you know, and I found kanji fascinating. <clears throat>、mm-hmm. So I thought, well, video games, Japan, kanji, Japanese, 
Cool. So I, I looked for, I actually searched for universities that had a Japanese uh, uh, program. So that kind of landed me uh, with studying it. And then, yeah, I uh, just thought, hey, why not uh, have an adventure and study abroad for a year? So that, that landed me in Japan in, in uh, Osaka for a year. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, that's kind of funny, you know, like uh, the, the French study thing and, uh, did that work for you? Like, were you, were you, did you feel confident in French when you were studying that? Uh, was it kind of, uh, well, I mean, you know, as, as a 15, 16 year old, I mean, how much, what, what areas <laughs> do you have confidence in? I think, you know, but, uh, no, I, I really liked it. I, I just found the idea. I always have liked writing. I've always liked language in general, even kind of playing around with English, you know, and, uh, so yeah, I, I didn't, I wouldn't say I had confidence, but it was really, it was really enjoyable. Just the thrill of kind of like learning how to communicate with somebody from a different country. was always really fascinating to me. Yeah. I, and that's exactly it. Like we, you know, being Canadian, uh, when I was a kid in elementary school, it's part of the curriculum that we're force taught French for a number of years. I can't remember three or four years. Yeah. And it was so awful. It was such a bad experience. Um, I remember being a kid and like trying to take this French class and you don't know what you're taking. It's not out of passion. It's not because you're interested in it. Uh, you're a little bit too old to, to be forced to care about something, but you're too young to find your own reason to care about it, you know? And uh, yeah, it was, it was funny. Like in, I started studying Japanese in high school and then university, but uh, leaving language learning for so long and then coming back to it. And to your point, uh, the writing I always found really fun. Uh, and I don't know what it is yeah. about writing Japanese, but I really enjoyed kanji study, uh, like hiragana, katakana. All of a sudden, it feels like you're you're writing a secret code compared to everybody else around you, and and especially living abroad, nobody can read that. So you're like, oh, look at this! I can write a I can write a kanji, and you can't. Isn't that cool? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 funny you mention that. Uh, actually, that's my favorite part of Japanese. And people look at me like I have a second head when you know they're like, oh, so what do you like about you know? Japanese or you know oh I love kanji it's so fascinating and writing it and learning it and reading it and like, well, the foreigners are supposed to hate kanji it's like well yeah I mean it's it's not easy but you know it, it reminds me of uh, uh, I, I always used to when, when I moved to Japan I always used to just pop down to Starbucks I, t I t take one of those notebooks that uh, Shogakusei you know elementary school students use to practice writing and I would just fill that up I just write and write and write and I'd write vocabulary words i'd write different kanji i'd write vo verbs using the kanji mm -hmm. and uh man it just it took off and so yeah don't uh, my advice to anybody who studies the language don't skimp out you, you you will lose so much of the essence of the language so i always tell yeah. people you know the the language is based around the kanji if you learn the kanji it'll accelerate your language understanding because you know how everything pieces together so yeah, I always found that fascinating because everything's based around the kanji. English is different. It's just 26 letters. You know, it's just kind of like it's a random assortion, you know, uh, uh, collection of letters that form into words. There's really not much of a pattern to it in the way that there is mm -hmm. kanji. So I always found that element really, really fascinating. Yeah, no, many, many hours spent at Starbucks with my notebook, too. It's funny. Oh, cool. <laughs> right All passage. right. We're starting yeah. with Starbucks Bros. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Cool. Um, that's awesome. And so right now you work at uh, OneCoin English with actually the podcast partner, uh, Japan Switch, uh, Tyson is one of his other companies he's involved with. Um, can you give me a quick uh, kind of rundown what you do with OneCoin English? 
Yeah, uh, sure. I so right now I'm the general manager of the teaching side of the management team. So basically, what I am responsible for is we have ten schools, and we we branched out into online lessons as well. So that counts kind of as an eleventh school. And so I'm responsible for overseeing the operations and uh, everything on the teaching side. So the the uh, implementing new uh, rules and processes making sure that things are going smoothly, checking in with uh, my managers to make sure, you know, issues are being addressed, uh, making sure people are trained properly and stuff like that, working with the training team. Uh, but I kind of work with all, right now it's small enough that I still work very closely with all of the other departments. So I mostly focus on the management side, but I'm a bit of a Swiss army knife in terms of that. I work with, you know, all different branches, all different areas of the company right now. Got it. Oh, very cool. That's awesome. That yeah. Uh, it's yeah. Talking with Tyson about the the company and the growth that you guys have experienced, it seems like a, a really good place to be. So that's uh, that's fantastic. It is. It's it's. Uh, I've had a lot of great jobs. It's it's been the best so far. So mm-hmm. you know that's 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 saying something. I've had a lot of really good bosses. A lot of really good. Uh, I've been very fortunate. So it's a great company. I've been there now for three and a half years, and uh, I don't see myself going anywhere anytime soon. Beautiful. Um, the other thing, thing that Tyson mentioned, actually, the uh, kind of uh, genesis of this episode was that uh, he says he, he described you as happily married to your Japanese wife and uh, <laughs> speaking Japanese only at home for the most part. And so it kind of yeah. got me thinking, uh, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, where did you meet your wife? Uh, what was dating like in Japan? Some stuff like that, if that's cool with you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm an open book. So whatever you want to ask, whatever you want to know, I'm here to share. Awesome. Um, yeah, actually, you know, where did you meet your wife? Uh, did you meet her in Tokyo? Um, like when you're working or back when you're an exchange student, perhaps in Osaka? Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's, uh, my, my wife always, you know, it's one of those things where when I tell people, you know, Japanese people, she always kind of slaps me on the shoulder, like, don't tell them that. But I I met her on Mixie. I don't, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with Mixie. Oh man, that's a blast from the past. Yeah, right. So I always call it she's she's my mixy marriage. And uh, so, yeah, fix, mixy for those who don't know, it's yeah, like you said, it's a blast from the past. It's kind of pre Facebook in Japan. Facebook hasn't been around as it, as long as it has been in, in like the US and Canada. So, uh, you know, back in 2000. So I, I met her in 2013. And that was when Facebook was kind of starting to come on the scene. But I, I was using primarily mixy. And it's, uh, it's Japanese only, right? So mm-hmm. you have to be able to use understand Japanese and read Japanese and stuff like that to use it. So uh, I use it to meet people, but also to meet women. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a great tool for me. And I just, I, uh, you know, there's groups on there of kind of hobby groups or kind of, kind of the, the same style that you have on Facebook. And I was part of groups, you know, like international friends and, you know, I want, I want to meet people from around the world. And I saw her profile, I messaged her and uh, yeah, we exchanged messages for a while. And then we, we booked up for our first date and it was, uh, it was great. I knew when I went on my first date that, all right, this, this is the girl I, I, I want. So uh, oh, wow. it was one of the cliche kind of moments where it's like, all right, this is, there's something here. So that's awesome. Yeah. But Nick, yeah. Sorry. And what's your wife's name, by the way? Chie? Chie, yeah. Got it. Well, very cool. Um, that's interesting. I never actually, you know, Mixi was one of those things where I was, I guess, new to Japan at the time and and uh, Mixi was kind of on its way out. And so I saw it in passing, I would say. Uh, I never really got, I, I made an account, but I never used it or anything. But uh, that's that's funny. I never really thought uh, Mixi was like the, 
beginning of people's relationships, but makes sense. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a fluke, but you know, it, it, it works for me. How, when, when did you come to, to Japan originally? Uh, it's, you know, so I've been back and forth a couple of times. Uh, the first time was, uh, I'm trying to think here would have been 20, 2008, uh, on a, oh, no. okay. Man, it was even before it would have been 2015. I was there for like two weeks and I was like, wow, this is great. I was still in high school as an exchange. Uh, then went back and went into university and decided to do the exchange student thing. So I went to a, like you, a, a university that had a program, uh, 2008, I would have come actually before university for two months backpacking, went back to Canada university 2010. That's what it was. And I spent a year there, um, did a year exchange, Went back to Canada, graduated, got work experience, and then 2014 was coming, like returning back to Japan for a career and uh, and living for five six years. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah, it's not. Uh, so I guess yeah, a bit of a different timeline than me. I I first came. God, uh, I was 21. I'm 35 now, so I think I was. Let's do the math. I think it was 2005, 2006. I think when I first came to Japan as, as an exchange student, as a university student, uh, then I came oh, back. I feel like I've got my, my first years all off now. <laughs> as I you're saying that, it would have been, yeah, 2005, 2006. I think I said 2015. Yeah. Anyways, no, it's about okay. the same time, about the same time. Oh, okay, cool. So we've kind of, yeah, been popping in and out around the same time, but I've been more or less living here since I was 21. Yeah. I mean, okay. I had to go back to the States after I studied abroad. I had one semester left to finish. Then I came right back within a couple months. And then uh, other than doing a working holiday in Australia for a year, actually with my wife, uh, before we got married, we went to Australia together, which is awesome. But uh, oh. uh, other than that, I've, I've lived here pretty much yeah, since I was 21. Oh, very cool. So, okay. And, and how long have you been married now? I got married in 2000, let's see, I came back from Australia in 2016. So 2016, so about four and a half years I've been married. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. So you, yeah, you really spent like the formative years of your adulthood, uh, you know, in Japan, it sounds like. Oh, yeah, that's, that's awesome. it. Graduated college, hopped right back here. There you go. So, okay. What was, you know, when you were a younger guy and uh, I don't know if Mixie was a thing right at that point or, or maybe it was, but what was your, what was your dating game? Like, how did you uh, go out and meet people? Uh, before coming to Japan. Okay. Or, or uh, uh, like when, when you got into Japan. Oh, when I got into Japan. Well, actually, so I, you know, I studied everything. I don't, I don't know how I came across Mixie, honestly, but I, when I, when I went back, so I studied abroad, I came back in around September. And uh, so I was due to graduate in December and I knew I was planning immediately because I actually had a girlfriend uh, in as, as an exchange student, she was Taiwanese, but she was still in Osaka. So I wanted to go back to Osaka. So, but of course, because I knew I was going back, I, I wanted to keep my Japanese skills you know, as intact as possible. Cause I'm sure as you know, like they go very quickly if you don't use it. And mm -hmm. so I started, uh, I started listening to Jeff all ja I switched all of my music to Japanese music. I, I watched Japanese dramas on online. I just looked and I absorbed as much Japanese as possible. And I think that's, I, I don't know if somebody introduced me to Mixi or if I just kind of stumbled across it, but I found Mixi. And so I just started messaging people and on, I just, yeah, made a profile and just started interacting with people. 
And after I knew I was going back to Utsunomi, I actually was looking for people in Utsunomi and I started messaging people and trying to set up dates and stuff already. So uh, I started before, you know, just before I went. But as far as, you know, the game, you know, the game and, and everything, the dating game, it was, it was an interesting experience because, you know, I've never been, I'm not a drinker. I, I don't, I'm not a club guy. I'm not a bar guy. So, you know, that's how you meet a lot of people and, you know, particularly a lot of women. And uh, so, you know, people would take me to bars, like the guys that I worked with and stuff like that. And I did meet some women there, but most of the interactions I had and most of the, the, the dating happened through just messaging people uh, through Mixi and just, uh, you know, arranging a get together, a coffee or a lunch or something with them. So that's kind of what kicked off. That's kind of how everything started uh, okay. when I, when I first moved. Well, that's cool. And I guess using Mixi, it sounds like then probably a lot of your first communications with people were, were in Japanese then. Oh yeah. 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 Always. Okay. Did you, uh, you know, did you ever show up on a date uh, or, or a first meeting, second meeting with somebody and find out that they speak English and, and, you know, have you ever been in a situation where you had to decide like between the two of you, oh, do we speak English to each other or Japanese or was that ever an issue? Uh, nothing that comes to mind. Like, yeah, sometimes for me, it's, it's always kind of been organic. So you typically whatever people like English or Japanese, whatever people address me and I tend to just respond in that language. So like if I knew I met people who I would message them in Japanese, but I know I knew they spoke English. So it would be a mix of things. But when we would meet, whatever we just kind of started the conversation off with, we would just kind of keep going with that. So it was never this kind of like awkward, like, oh, what language should we use? It was just like, whatever, whatever, you know, because I, you know, my Japanese back then was, I mean, we're talking, you know, 2008 when I lived yeah. uh, there, 2007, 2008. So, you know, 14 years ago, obviously my Japanese was much, much worse, but yeah, I mean, whatever, whatever the flow, you know, whatever felt right. It's just, we just kind of went with that. That's cool. Um, yeah, I, I used to have a friend who, uh, he treated it like a secret hand in poker. He would, uh, pretend for all intents and purposes that he didn't speak Japanese and he would force English, oh. uh, to be the, the lingua franca for all his dates and stuff. And then he'd, uh, you know, break it out in date number two, three, four, five, and surprise the crap out of whoever he was talking to. <laughs> you, you know, he claimed that that was like really successful for him in terms of like surprising people and kind of like, uh, changing the whole dynamic. Um, but I, I was like, yeah, it's, that's a lot of work, man. I, I, I don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, it's just like, uh, man, if, if I had done that to my wife, she would have been pissed. Cause it's like, you could have spoken Japanese to me the whole time, you know? So it's, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. I could see how it could be uh, successful in, in some cases, but I, I never, I never really saw the point. And I was always kind of proud of the fact that I spoke Japanese. So yeah. I wanted, you know, I, and a, a lot of the people that I was communicating with was on Mixi. So it was like, well, obviously I speak Japanese because I'm using a Japanese platform. So, yeah. you know, it wasn't like I had a secret. It wasn't so much of a secret. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Well, that's cool. And and so Tyson says, you know, you're, you're happily married. You speak Japanese now at home with your, your wife. Do you find yourself speaking still uh, to this day, mostly Japanese in the home? Yeah, it's probably 90, 10. So, I mean, the, so the thing is my, my wife, <laughs> uh she does her 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 english level is is low she i mean she she her listening is is good she can pick up a lot 
and you know of course she lived in australia for a year but yeah you know it was one of those things she went to an english school like an english language school but then she had a part-time job in a japanese restaurant so it was like she worked with japanese people so and i and we spoke japanese together so even though she lived in you know australia we, we lived in melbourne uh, it was she was still very much in a bubble her english got much better but it was like her, her level is, you know, I can, I'll, I'll ask her questions, like simple questions, like, you know, what, what, do, what do you want to eat tonight? Or uh, what time should we, you know, what time should we go? So I, I throw out English phrases, of course, more, more so now that my son is, is born, I want more English. So I, I try to use more English with her, but it's still very much. Yeah, I mean, it's just like any serious conversation we need to have anytime I, I know that I need to be clear, I need to get my point across. It's always Japanese. Yeah, actually, that's uh, the exact same situation in my household, even here in Canada. Um, probably, probably closer to 80-20 Japanese English. And I, oh, I try cool. to force the issue. I'm like, you know, living in Canada, it would be really good if I could help you along with your English skills so you can like, you know, enjoy life here more. Um, but no, it's just to your point, like anything serious, anything where we need to be very clear about what's being talked about, uh, always revert back to Japanese because that's just going to be understood by both parties the best. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I, I I don't know about you, but, you know, I've, I've tried speaking English with her in the past and I, I get frustrated easily when I can't get my point across. So like English, it just ends up not going well. And I just go back right back to Japanese because I get irritated. So I'm just like, no, 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 uh, we'll use the language <laughs> that, you know, that, that we both understand. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting thing. And like, uh, you know, the, the culmination of relationship with somebody else is you end up with a child and, and how do you teach that child uh, both languages? Cause you know, my grandmother could have taught me French when I was a child. Uh, she could have taught my father French when he was a child, but she opted not to. And so that was a huge loss for her family. Uh, not yeah. just having that natural, you know, language acquisition happening. And so for my son, it's obviously using Canada. So the English will come no matter what, but uh, you know, being very, uh, conscious, I guess, of, of speaking to him in Japanese, keeping Japanese books around the house, having Japanese YouTube, if he's going to watch, you know, TV time. Um, yeah. Is that uh, a factor for you guys that you've considered and, and how you might approach that? Yeah, of course. And, and I, I just got to say that's incredibly fascinating because that's such an in, in, inverse of, of what I would, I, I'm probably going to go through with, with my son, you know, is, is that I want the opposite. I, I want English books. I want, you know, I want to have English music playing or, or whatever i want to try to use english with my wife I, I speak nothing but english to my son as because I, I want him to have that much exposure whether or not he speaks it okay you know whatever that's that's up to him but i i want him to have that it's a tool it's a really valuable asset and so to help build that but i, I gotta say that's really fascinating that you're doing the opposite of of speaking <laughs> japanese to your son and and that's i that seems like a really ideal situation actually because he grows up in, a, in an english environment but he has a bunch of japanese at home so he'll pick up i would imagine he'd pick up japanese better than uh my son will probably pick up english but yeah i mean we're definitely planning that we, we talked about that sorry go ahead no no i was just saying we'll, we'll see i'm not sure yet he uh his first words have all been kind of english englishy words or noises so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I, we'll definitely, I mean, we'll definitely go through the same thing, I'm sure, just in the English version. So, but I've I've known enough foreigners here, you know, who have Japanese wives and, and have, you know, mixed children that they grow up no matter what, you know, a guy I worked for had two sons and he said, I've spoken English to my, nothing but English to my son since the day they were born and they reply in nothing but Japanese. So, you know, he's, it's just like, well, you know, what do you do? What do you do? So uh, we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens, but. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's another adventure. Yeah, well, it's, it's all adventures. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah, you know, like even with my wife, sometimes we'll, we'll be driving and, you know, embarking for the day, going on our, our adventure on a Saturday or something. And I'll say, okay, you know, today's, today's an English day. We're going to speak English to each other. And uh, she goes, okay, I'm ready. And uh, the first five minutes go by and, and all of a sudden she sees something she wants to tell me about that she saw on the side of the road or something on her phone and da, 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 in Japanese. I'm like, oh, well, it's game over. <laughs> it didn't take very long. Yeah. No going back. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's tough, right? And, um, you know, I, I found myself too, even at different points needing, especially when I lived in Tokyo and, and speaking Japanese all day at work, and then I'd come home and continue speaking Japanese. It was great for language acquisition, but uh, like almost need a mental break sometimes. Where I'm like, I just, I, I wish I could just kind of step back for a moment and, and use my own language to express my thoughts in the way that I'm very comfortable with. Uh, you know, with Japanese, no matter how fluent or whatever you want to call it, you get with a language comp, uh, competent, uh, you become, there's still things where, you know, you're piecing it together and it's not the most natural way to say it. And so your personality is kind of hindered a little bit, or I felt that anyways, did you, do you ever run into that? Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, for, for sure. Yeah. I mean, cause I, I use at work, I use maybe 50, 50, you know, obviously I'm in the English teaching industry. So uh, mm. a lot of the stuff I work with are you know, English speakers, but the other half, a lot of my meetings and stuff are in Japanese. And, and so, you know, there's some days where I come home, I, I've had six hours of meetings, four of them are in Japanese. And I'm, I'm sure you just, I'm, I'm sure you can relate that just like when you really have, you have to really intensely focus because it's really complicated stuff and you have to keep up with not just the context of what's being discussed, but the vocabulary and everything. So then I get home and I'm just, my brain's mush. And I, I try to talk to my wife and I just, I can't. So I just, I'll just yeah. tell her like, sorry, my, I'm like, my brain's done. Today. Sorry. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Like there's been a couple of times where like, you know, how was work? I'll tell you tomorrow. Sorry. I just can't function. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, my, my break is I'll just tell her, I, I don't, I never say like I'm tired or I, I can't do Japanese speak English. It's more just, I need it. Like, let me reset. Let me kind of turn off my mind for a bit and just kind of not yeah. have to focus for, and then I can refresh a bit or, you know, if I take a shower or something after work and then just kind of like look at my phone for a bit, then I can kind of refresh a bit. But so I kind of have to take a mental break from just talking in general. Cause you know, even, even in English, you know, articulating things in the way that you want them to, it's very complex. So emotionally and mentally it's uh, it's very draining so usually i just kind of say can i have a time out i'll talk to you when i when i feel that i'm ready to to kind of talk so yeah. that's just kind of how i do it got it yeah it uh it, it makes me so impressed with everybody that i meet you know especially in canada or, or abroad that uh, comes from a different country and is so fluent in english and they basically can live their lives fully in in english and uh you know without i i've always wondered because i feel like with japanese to your point that the need for a bit of a mental break um is there and, and i've never felt that go away but when i see other people coming from other countries who learn english they seem totally just you know comfortable and fine and there's no i don't see them struggling with it um so yeah it's, it's an interesting kind of dichotomy between people from north america or, or western countries learning japanese and other people learning english seems to be i, I don't know long term almost easier for them yeah, well, that's it's it's interesting because you know the the company that I work for. I mean, we we have people English speakers from thirty five different countries. So you know we have people from France, Germany, 
um, mm. Russia, Israel, like all over the place. And I've, I've asked them about that, you know, because obviously English is not their, their native language. And, you know, sometimes they, they teach for six, seven, eight hours. And, uh, you know, they've told me they're like, you know, I'm, I'm, and they're completely fluent. I mean, they state that their pronunciation is, is really good. Like they, they talk like a native, they know a lot of slang, a lot of, of very natural, it's very natural sounding. Like if I met them in the U S I would assume they were American, you know? So, um, but you know, you talk to them and they're just like, they'll tell you the same thing. It's just like so much more draining doing this in English than if I did it in French or whatever, just because I think there's always that element of you. It's, you know, English, it's just like, it's, it was ingrained in us and it just comes out, you know, without thinking. But I think, yeah, no matter, to, to your point, like no matter how fluent you get in a second language or no matter how, you know, in particular like Japanese, it's, it's, it, yeah, it takes a lot more mental energy. And so, yeah, I've found that a lot of people I've talked to, it can be the same in English, but also I guess it depends on how much you use it and in what context. Yeah, that's true too. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, living with your, your wife and, and speaking Japanese at home, do you ever find yourself picking up uh, certain speech habits that she has? <laughs> uh, probably. Yeah, actually maybe it's, it's hard to say because, you know, it's, I've been with her for, for, we've been together now for eight years. And, and so, you know, it's one of those things like maybe over time I have, but it's kind of hard to, to, to measure, but there have been cases where like, so for example, you know, I said, I worked in kindergartens a lot and uh, it, at a time where my language skills were still developing. So I, I actually picked up a lot of feminine Japanese mm-hmm. that my wife still kind of poked fun at me about. That was why I asked. Yeah, I've, I've heard this happens quite a bit with uh, people who, who date, you know, Japanese women and, and work with children. You end up speaking a little bit softer, a little bit more feminine. Yeah. So it's like uh, when, when I actually, so, you know, my first job was teaching in kindergarten. And so, like I said, I've, I've been the type that I my learning process is that I watch and I absorb it. And then I, I kind of repeat it. I, I mimic it. So when I was working with children, I was exposed to, you know, of course you're using flashcards and stuff with them about elephants and, and the vocabulary. I, why would you use that kind of vocabulary with an adult? So I was just kind of watching the way that the, the teacher, like the, the Japanese staff would talk to this, the kids and stuff like that. And they would say like, Yatemina and that kind of stuff. And so I just picked that up. And then when I moved when I changed jobs and I worked for uh, an English guy, I, I said, I talked like that in front of him. He's like, don't talk like that. You sound like a woman. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I had no idea. So I, I had to change my, my speech pattern, but you know, even now, you know, I say like uh, okay guy and stuff like that. And my wife will laugh at that. Cause she's like, men don't say that, you know, that sounds like, sounds like a child or sounds like something a mom says to her kid. I was like, well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's just, that's what I learned and it stuck. So I think I would say yeah. more of my, patterns came from my work experience more so than my wife but of course you know I do I do pick up things from her but it's I would I wouldn't I I don't know if there's anything that there's nothing that jumps out as like like the example that I gave where it's like no it completely changed my speech patterns because I kind of by the time I met her I think it was more or less ingrained but kind of I had my kind of set speech pattern but of course yeah I I, there's definitely been some influence but I, I don't know if there's been anything like monumental like that Fair. My, uh, my wife is from Aomori uh, in Northern Honshu. And so she's got, um, when she speaks with her family and when she's more comfortable at home and stuff, she speaks uh, with a Tsuguru dialect a little bit. 
and yeah, well, not all the time. But that's pretty With me, she really tones yeah. it down. But uh, yeah, there's there's certain words in her dialect that have that are so great that you don't have in standard Japanese. Like um, the word for like comfy, comfortable. Um, it's really tough to say that in standard Japanese. Like you'd say, like this chair is comfy to sit in. Suwari gokuchi ga ii. But in yeah, yeah. Tsugaru Ben, you can say azumashi, and it just means comfy. The uh, way that you use it in English. Yeah. And, I love that word because I use, you know, I like to say things are comfy. And so Azmashi is a great word, but outside of people from Aomori, basically, nobody knows that word. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's that's true. I, when I was in, uh, kind of staying on, on the topic, when I lived in Kansai, actually, uh, I by the, by the end of my year there, I was speaking Kansai Ben pretty, pretty, mm-hmm. like, pretty well because, because yeah, there's the same kind of thing. It's, there are just phrases and the, the kind of the the way it's adjusted and structured, it kind of rolls off the tongue easier. It just sounds smoother. There's there's different tone to it. And so, you know, when I when I was messaging people on Mixi and then when I first came back to Japan, I would say like, yeah, like uh soyana and stuff like that. And and yeah, chota ikehen. And so I would use like the concept ben and people were like, and people actually said when I would speak, even when I would speak normal Japanese, they said, they asked me, why do you have a Kansai intonation? I was like, I'll I lived in Kansai. I don't. I didn't know that there was an intonation that was specifically Kansai. So it was actually even people without even trying to imitate the Kansai intonation. People were saying, "You sound like you're from Kansai." I was like, "Okay, well, I guess it picked it up." But now, you know, I've asked my wife. Uh, I've lived in Tokyo so long now that it's completely gone. You know, but yeah. um, that's kind of another example of just I naturally kind of absorbed because I just I was just repeating the the way that they pronounce the word. So it's like okay, well, this is how they talk. So I'll try to repeat. They're the natives, so I want to talk the way that they talk. So I'll just exactly. talk that way. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, really, really quick question. I just wanted to uh, to kind of reel back to the dating uh, thing for just one sec. Um, before we get into the the kind of wrap up of this, do you have any tips? Obviously, you were using Mixi at that time. Do you have any tips for people who uh, perhaps are you know new to Japan or will be moving to Japan and they're concerned about how to get in the dating scene? Uh, any any advice you might give to people? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, learn the language. Uh, I mean, you know, th- think of it in terms of of a sort of you know, job skill set. I mean, if you, if you don't have, if you have a wider range of skills, Japanese is definitely a language, like it's definitely a skill in terms of expanding your ability to interact with a, a wider range of people. So learn to speak the language, but learn to write the language too, because then that gives you, that opens up access to other ways to communicate with more Japanese people. So first of all, that's going to multiply however, however many folds, the number of people that you're able to interact with and engage with. So that's, that would be the first bit of advice. Don't, don't, live in an English bubble, like, or whatever, you know, your, your native languages, get out, learn the language, learn to write the language, use the language for sure. Uh, the other thing I would say is, so I, I mentioned earlier, bars and clubs were not for me. So, but I've always been a very active person. I've, I've always played sports. I love sports. And so actually one of the, one of the best things I ever did and what I always give advice to people just in general is go out and find a local pick up games, sports team that practices, plays tournaments, whatever. If you play sports, if you don't, there's photography clubs, there's all sorts of stuff, whatever interest you have, whatever hobby you have, there's a group of people doing it in Tokyo, in Tokyo, in, uh, especially. But when I was in Osaka as an exchange student, I joined a circle. I played volleyball and basketball. When I went to Utsunomiya, the first in Tochigi, the first thing I did was I found a basketball and a volleyball team. 
I made friends. I got to practice my Japanese. I got to meet women. So it's just, it's a really, really great way to practice the language, to learn the culture, to make friends and to have opportunities to meet uh, women as well. But, you know, obviously now because of Corona that there's probably not so much of that, but I think that's highly underrated. And I, I've, it also helped me get, I've always been a very kind of shy person. So it also helped me get, get myself out of that habit of being really shy. So you have to put yourself in these awkward situations where like, uh, I don't know what he said. And I have to try to like communicate with him. So it's, it's, you have to kind of just throw yourself into it. Uh, so I, I would say those two things, the, the one, I guess one last one would be uh, if you're going to use uh, any sort of app or anything like that, I've never used Tinder. Fortunately, I met my wife before Tinder. So I never, I never went down that rabbit hole. But in my experience, the reason why I say learn the language is, I don't know if this was your, your experience, but in my experience, uh, meeting women and talking with women who specifically wanted a foreigner boyfriend or who specifically wanted somebody to use English with, those relationships never went well. The best relationships I had in terms of quality, in terms of length, were actually women who didn't speak English, uh, or I met them through using Japanese. So, you know, my wife is, is an example. Uh, I had a, a several good relationships before my, my wife. They didn't speak any English. So that's not to say, of course, there's a wide range of people who, who you know, in, in all walks of life, but by, by not learning the language by not uh, expanding your Japanese skill set, you're going to limit the range of women that you can uh, approach, that you can interact with. And it's also going to limit your options for, well, if you can't read Japanese, there's a lot of really good dating matching apps in Japanese. So you're pretty much stuck with Tinder or nothing. So it, it really limits your options. So I'd say keep that in mind. The language, the language has to come first, but also get out search on uh, Google or whatever, search for groups, uh, some, some, some sort of uh, meetup group just to get out and meet people. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. And, and people have got it easy now, to be honest. You know, the, the first um, dating app I think I ever used uh, or, or group I was a part of wasn't a dating app even. It was just like a group, uh, I think, similar to Mixi, I suppose, in Japan. But my, I had a flip phone and like to text in Japanese at that time. It's like you had to like, there's someone texting English, like two 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 four four. Two two, yeah. you know, five 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 five. It was just ridiculous, like trying to type in a foreign language with the the stupid number system at that time. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, people have got life on easy mode now. You got Tinder, you got Bumble, all OkCupid, all these apps. They're all in Japan. So just yep. learn how to speak the language. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there. seriously, it's you know you you'll you'll never regret the time that you invest learning. Uh, the, the language. It unlocks everything, a deeper understanding of the culture, because you can, you can learn, you learn more about the history of things. You interact with people on a deep, deeper level. You understand the structure of their language. You understand where they come from better. You know, one of the things that's really good about what I studied is I've, I've always been, I've always really loved Japanese comedy. So I've watched Japanese comedy for a very long time. And of course, a lot of their jokes and stuff are culturally related. So I pick up a lot of stuff and, you know, working with children in traditional kindergartens and seeing the way that they're, they're brought up and seeing kind of the values that they're taught from a young age, it, 
that language and that experience, you know, the, the language skills and the experience helps me understand not just my wife on a communication level, but it helps me understand where she comes from. You know, so you think about it, it's a silly example, but it's like, uh, you know, <clears throat> even if, uh, you know, even if your, your wife or, you know, your, your spouse speaks really, really good English, you know, really, really kind of culturally engraved jokes, like that's what she said and stuff like that. Like if they don't get that, it, it just, you know, it's, it, it's a silly example, but it's like, if somebody gets that kind of a level of a joke or that kind of background from where you're from, it's really, really, it just feels really good that they get you on that deep of a level. But yeah. if you don't, it's just like, well, I don't really know the language. I don't really watch much TV. I don't really know much about Japanese culture. It's like, that's really going to hold you back. So you should also learn as much as you can about the language and the culture, because it's going to help you connect with them more on a personal level because you get where they come from. So when they tell you a story, you know, and you can relate to it, you can understand it. Yeah. Well, that's a really good point. Yeah. Actually, that's, that's a fantastic point. Being able to be able to make jokes, get jokes, uh, even just understanding the background of certain stuff and, and cultural events and things that yeah, goes really, really far. It's awesome. It's, it's uh, under, it's under, uh, underappreciated. Yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of underappreciated, underrated, overrated, uh, we're moving into our kind of wrap up uh, quick speed round here. Uh, I've got five topics for you and you're going to let me know in your opinion, if you think they are overrated or underrated. All right. Okay. Seven yeah. okay. Eleven. Underrated. Okay. Are we just doing, doing fast, fast? Yeah, I'm actually I'm a little bit curious why, why you think Seven Eleven is underrated. <laughs> I don't, I don't, you know, I may, maybe it's just because that's kind of always been the closest combini that's that's been around me so i've tended to go there i've i've always found that i like their i i, I like the, i think they have a wider range of uh products that they sell so they have a wider range of drinks they have a wider range of like breads and snacks and stuff like that so i've always liked the the range you know some people are like lawson fans because they love the coffee so it's just like you know, you kind of have your pick. I like kind of having the variety. They've always had a lot of the snacks and stuff that I like. So yeah. for, for me, I, I've always liked 7-Eleven. Cool. All right. Uh, physical dictionaries. Physical dictionaries. You mean like the... Uh, uh, like like actual, yep. Book uh, that like you open up. And, yep. Uh, uh, overrated, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't. I, I don't know what. I don't know what it would do that a that a digital a digital version would would not do anymore. So I'm not sure what the advantage would be. Maybe maybe, maybe I'm just you know, uh, not seeing it. But I'd say overrated. Yeah. Cool. SoftBank. SoftBank. Oh, overrated. Yeah. Uh, it's expensive. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Awful. I, I have I Awful. have Nocten. Yeah, Nocten now. It's I pay yeah. three thousand yen. Or something a month. I was paying eight thousand yen a month before. No, don't don't do SoftBank. I've got for anybody SoftBank that I won't say on this podcast, but um, trying to cancel with SoftBank makes me hate SoftBank. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, hey, I've had I had AU. I had SoftBank. I had Docomo. I had all of them, and it's basically like you know, do you want to be punched in the groin? Do you want to be punched in the face? Or you know, do you want to be slapped <laughs> or poked in the eye? You know, it's like. Yeah. It's, it's, that's what it feels like picking uh, among those three, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Living on the Yamanote line in Tokyo. Ah, uh, overrated, I'd say. 
I think uh, you pay a premium to live on the Yamanote line. Oh man. Yeah. I, I, you, everything's way more expensive. It's way smaller. It's, 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 it's kind of like, I kind of see it similar to how people view like, Oh, I live in New York or I live in LA. It's this kind of bragging rights thing. It's like, okay, so I live outside the city and I pay half the rent and it's only an extra half hour for me. So, yeah. okay, cool. So yeah, I've, I've lived on the, uh, I haven't lived directly on the Yamanote line. I've lived just off of it. Uh, my, the last place I lived was seven minutes away from Shibuya, but outrageously expensive. And, uh, you know, if, if you like a really, really short commute and you like to say, I live in Tokyo, I live on the Yamanote line, then it's great. Otherwise I don't see any advantage to living on it. Yep. Totally agree. Uh, and final overrated, underrated, uh, online dating apps. Online dating apps. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, obviously it worked very well for me. And, uh, you know, I, I never used an app, but I would say. Hmm. I'd say it's correctly rated if you think that as well. Yeah, I mean, to, to be honest, I, I'd be kind of neutral on that one. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, underrated. No, I mean, they're, they're, they're really, really, I, I think they're very useful if you know how to use them. Like if, if, you, if you kind of have, self-awareness and you're not just using them just like i'm going to message all these girls and try to hook up with all the ones that i can and stuff like that but i think it's uh it's it's underrated in that i think people discredit it too easily i've met a lot of very very good people very nice people i met my wife uh through through mixy but it, it would have been an app otherwise so yeah 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 fair awesome uh final question uh what is the best place in tokyo if you're going to take your wife on a date Ooh, so my wife, personally, we both love parks. So when we lived in Yutenji, which was a place uh, just outside of Shibuya, we lived near a place called Komazawa Koen, and mm. uh, the Olympic Park. And it was really, really nice. We, we, we have a dog. We take our dog there. Almost every weekend, we went to the park. So the Komazawa Koen, it's a really nice park. There's a lot of really great restaurants just outside the park. So we used to, to, to go get some food and then have a picnic in the park. So I really love that. Uh, other places, the the Shibuya Omotesando Yoyogi Koen area is really nice. Yoyogi Koen, obviously, you have the park, but the, uh, they also have a lot of events. Again, not recently because of Corona, but a lot of international fairs, um, you know, Oktoberfest, that kind of stuff, concerts and stuff. So there's a lot to do. You can walk around. Uh, there's plenty of nice shopping. So most of what, what my wife and I did, again, almost always the park, but there's really nice places. We would go to Odaiba sometimes. There's Joy Palace there if you've ever, uh, if you've ever been there. So yeah, there, there are nice places, but me personally, for us, we, we, we really enjoy the park. So we went to the park a lot. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. And where can people find you online if they're looking for uh, John Lindmeyer? Well, I, I'm not, uh, I, I don't have any site or anything like that. I, I have a Facebook account. I have a LinkedIn account so people can find me there. I, I don't use it much. I just use it to kind of communicate with people. But if people want to reach out, find me and connect with me and ask for advice or if they need, uh, you know, uh, if they want to ask questions or anything, they can hit me up and find me there. Well, if you have any friends in uh, Japan who are looking to study English, also go to uh, onecoinenglish.com. <laughs> 
Awesome. Yes, please. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Well, listen, man, thanks you so much for your time and uh, for, for spending, you know, 30, 40 minutes chatting with us today about uh, dating, marriage, life, and raising a child in Japan. And uh, we look forward to catching up at a, a time in the future and seeing how things are going with OneCoin English and, and what you're able to do with that. Awesome. No, thanks for, so much for having me. It was really fun. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can catch up sometime and uh, yeah, see if we can get another good chat going. Sounds good, man. Awesome.